Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet, our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Welcome back to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us today. And in case you are listening maybe for the first time or it's been a while, uh, we would like to welcome you. I am Stephanie and Travis. We are the Armstrongs and we are really um, excited to be back in the podcast studio together and getting ready to kick off a new series. We are... um, really excited, I think, about our topic because I feel like it's very relevant Mm -hmm. for where we are right now. So Trav, why don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what we're going to be covering in the next couple weeks? Yeah, I thought we would uh, tackle this idea of ways that the enemy attacks the family. And uh, I think we have to be cognizant of of this fact that we are in uh, a spiritual battle. And uh, as it says there in Ephesians 6, but be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God that you may take your stand and stand firm against the schemes of the enemy. And so we have to understand that we're in a, we're in a battle. Uh, we can't play it safe. We can't consider ourselves on a cruise ship. Yes. We're on a battleship. <laughs> and so in light of that, I think when we consider the family and how it's being attacked, we know from Scripture, like in Deuteronomy 6, that God's discipleship game plan for the family is to include parents disseminating, right, handing down the truth to their children, that they might too come to personally trust in Jesus Christ. So the family becomes that pivotal area that God has designated as an incubator for faith. And so if that's true, which it is, Mm -hmm. then we have to expect that that's the very place that the enemy is going to target. So we have to be aware of that. So I think the question for us to ask is, what does that look like? How is the enemy coming after the the family today? We see this biblically, but we also see stuff happening in our world that would give credence to the fact that this is an important topic. Yeah, this is very much an important topic. Um, I don't think you have to look very far or think even very hard um, to see the assault that's really coming for um, families and for marriages right now in our in our country, in our world. Um, I think even just the, really the um, struggle between good and evil, mm-hmm. I, I feel like we're seeing it at play. Um, yeah between truth and deception. Yes. You know, politically, it's hard to ignore what's happening um, in our nation. And that is, we very much see a um, two different worldviews, I would say, at play. And I think to think that um, the marriages that uh, God has ordained, he has designed, he has defined those are an affront to mm. a, a very different worldview in which he is is um, disputed, in yeah. which truth is relative. And so we see certainly marriage um, for a while now has been under attack and has been um, really reduced to a contract, um, mm-hmm. a, a piece of paper, if you will, um, an inconvenience, a tax break. I mean, those are things that are just very kind of casually like taken as fact today, right? And there is no longer talk of marriage being a covenant or a God-ordained union. And so, you know, as Christians, as believers, um, we have to retrain our minds to think biblically about all things. But um, especially because we are a a family ministries podcast, we are thinking very critically, we (laughs) hope, about marriage and family specifically Um, But we really need to be very careful about where we get our ideas about marriage. Is it coming from the word? And as I said, if it's God ordained and designed, he has Mm -hmm. the right to define it. And he Mm -hmm. does define it very Mm -hmm. clearly in his word. So are we listening to that? Or have we been sucked into what culture says marriage is and isn't? And the same can be true of the family. I mean, 
gone are the days of the nuclear family, mom and dad and the kids being, you know, like an accepted cultural standard. Now it is very different today, and we have all sorts of agendas uh, regarding the family, and we have all sorts of um, families that don't look traditional anymore. And, you know, that's a result of sin in our world. That's a result of man trying to to be in the place of God. Um, There's brokenness to be certain. And it doesn't mean that if you aren't in a traditional family that, you know, you are forsaken (laughs) in this topic at all. Um, but we want to think really critically, and we want to see what the Lord has to say about marriages and about our families and how we are to um, raise up the next generation. And so I think this topic is just super critical. Mm-hmm. And we it's this is really going to be a, a three-part series we're going to talk about. Yeah. Um, and so today we're going to tackle one aspect of it. But we just really feel like uh, we have got to be wise about the days that we are living in and make the most of the time that God has given us. And so we, we don't want to skirt around kind of the issues of the day. And yeah. this series, uh, we hope and pray, is one way that we can really think biblically. Yes. And I think as you just kind of like hit it on the head there, the direction we want to go with this podcast today is be able to think biblically. Mm-hmm. Um, spiritual battle is a battle for the mind. Yes. And we are, we are being bombarded from this world, from all different fronts, uh, lies about God and his word. And, um, and I think the way that um, shows up in the family is we can be distracted from the truth and be taken in with lies. And so we have to, we have to be able to um, protect our families uh, by helping our children know what the truth is and give them the truth. And so it really is uh, critical when we think about our minds and what, our, what we're feeding our minds with because we can be distracted from that really quickly. And so when we think about distractions, I've got this verse from Isaiah 5, verse 11 through 13. Listen to this as you think about distractions. And before you jump into that, let's just go ahead and tell our listeners that we're going to talk about three different things in the coming weeks. Yes. And so today is going to be about distraction. Um, the next time we'll be talking about division. Yes. And then finally about deception. And yep. these are three areas that we feel like the enemy is really attacking the family. Yes. So today we're talking about distraction. And I want you to read this for us because this is a really interesting text. It is. Um, again, this is Isaiah 5, verses 11 through 13 says, Woe to those who rise early in the morning that they may pursue strong drink. Woe to those who stay up late in the evening that they may be inflamed with wine. Their banquets in are accompanied by lyre and harp, by tambourine and flute and by wine. But they pay no attention to the deeds of the Lord, nor do they consider the work of his hands. Therefore, my people go into exile for their lack of knowledge." Um, it's really interesting as you look at that verse, um, verses, in, in light of where God has brought his people. He told them back in Deuteronomy, like, I'm going to bring you into this land, this promised land that I'm going to give you. But he's like, I want you to be careful because once you come to this land, I'm going to give you houses and vineyards and things that are good. But in light of coming to this place where I'm going to have provided all these things that you won't have worked for, that you become complacent and apathetic and you forget what God has done in your life, mm-hmm. and you quickly get sucked in by the world, get sucked in by um, the pagan culture that was around the nation, and, and and very soon and very quickly they drifted from the Lord and they settled and they became inflamed with the things of this world, and therefore they forgot God. Mm-hmm. And so, as I look at that, I think it's so easy as Christians um, that we can become also intoxicated and inflamed with the things of this world that we then become distracted from the glory and grandeur of God. That we can come to a place in our life that we're no longer seeing God, we're not spending time with God, and therefore we're not hearing from God. And therefore we become deficient in our knowledge of him. We become lacking in our own personal um, truth of God's word. And then it says there, as a result, they go into exile, they're exiled. 
for the lack of that knowledge. There's judgment. And, and so I think this is, I think this is really important that distractions, um, are a, a tactic of the enemy. And I think in our world today, uh, there is so much distraction. There's so much busyness, um, that, uh, that we see happening that we can find ourselves in a place very quickly where we have, we have forgotten the Lord. Yeah, I love that passage. You know, in, in verse 11, it says, Woe to those who rise early in the morning to run after, to stay up late. Like, they're busy. Yeah. <laughs> this is about a people who they aren't sitting on their hands, um, you know, and just being lazy. They're busy. Mm-hmm. They're just busy with all the wrong things. Yeah. And they have um, decided that they are not going to be imitators of God, but they are going to be imitators of the world. Yeah. And, you know, we see that um, the Lord is kind of laying them bare in this passage in Isaiah. But, yeah, I think, you know, when you read this to me and, and we looked at this earlier, it was a little bit of a sobering, you know, oh, my goodness. <laughs> that was written a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is so relevant for today. Yeah, We are a people so busy. Mm-hmm. We are a people who are so consumed with everything around us. Um, And it is interesting, I think, as believers, interesting and sad, how we have been sucked right into the culture. And often it is hard to find a distinction sometimes between the people of God and the people of the world. Uh, Scripture would would lay that distinction as the people of God being children of light Mm -hmm. and the, the people of the world being children of darkness. Yep. I mean, there is to be a stark difference between the two of us, but sadly today we have really blurred those lines mm-hmm. and really filled um, our time, our homes, yeah. um, our lives with things that distract yeah. from God yep. and distract from our mission as God's people. Right. Um, right I, we, can, we can lose our distinctiveness as the people of God very quickly and we become indoctrinated and, and kind of like um, we become a part of the culture and yeah. not set apart from it yeah. as, we're, as, we're, as we're called to be. And so I think you're right. I, I think it's, it's so deceptive in, in the ways in which we can quickly um, um, find ourselves uh, departing from the Lord and looking more like the world because the word has no place in us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And therefore, I think sometimes God has to bring disruptions into our life. Mm-hmm. So as kind of like shake us up, rattle our cage, and, and, and wake us up to the reality like, well, you know, look where you're at. Mm-hmm. And I think the very first question uh, about um, from Genesis 3 that God asked Adam and Eve, he said to them, where are you? Mm-hmm. It wasn't a question that God was asking because he didn't know their you know, <laughs> right. position physically. Yep. yep. He was wanting them to decipher and discern for themselves that they had moved away from God. Mm-hmm. Um, God hadn't moved on them. They had moved away from God. And you see this in this passage. The people had moved away from God, and they allowed their minds to be infiltrated with things. Um, but not only had their minds been infiltrated by things, um, in this verse you think about distractions. It's where their minds are no longer filled with things as well that should have been filled with. Yeah. So I think about like the enemy and how he distracts us from from the truth. And so when I was growing up as a kid, you'd watch Saturday morning cartoons and you'd think about like these various characters and when they were always confronted with a fork in the road and they had to d- decide whether they were going to do something good or evil, you'd always have these characters sitting on their shoulders. One was a devil, one was an angel and they're whispering in the character's <laughs> ear. And I, I just have that in my mind. And I think about the enemy, like he's sitting on my shoulder Again, growing up as a kid, this is, this is how I pictured it, and he's whispering filth and lies and garbage and darkness into my ear. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a part of it that's true, mm-hmm. that Satan wants to fill our minds with things that are not true. Yep. But I think conversely, the opposite of that is just as true in the sense that not only does he want to fill our minds with things, he also wants to keep out of our minds the things that are true yep. about God. Thus, you see the importance in understanding distractions. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're right on. Um, and you know, I think 
just to be clear, when we're talking about the enemy, who who are we referring to? Yeah. You know, I mean, we're talking about Satan. Yep. And and he is referred to in Scripture as the father of all lies. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, he's also um, cunning. Yes. And crafty, it says. And so I think you're right. Often we think, you know, well, if we just keep the bad stuff out, because that's what he's trying to fill us with. Right. You know, that's all we have to worry about. So sometimes I think you you see a response maybe by parents of, we'll just, you know, we'll shut this down and this down and this down and this down, and we'll keep all the bad stuff away. Mm-hmm. And that's that's maybe one area mm-hmm. in which we counter Satan, yep. you know, by making decisive choices and intentional um, boundaries. Those are good things. But I think we aren't fully countering his attack if at the same time we aren't filling our minds and our children's minds with what is good. Yeah. So it isn't just shut down the bad stuff. Yeah. And we've defeated him <laughs> because yeah. a lack of knowledge is a victory for him. Right. A lack of um, understanding God and his word yes. is a victory for Satan. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, today there are many believers who are so, um, as it says in Scripture, tossed around mm-hmm. by every wave of, of doctrine and, yeah. and false ideas because they don't have any idea what God's Word says. Mm-hmm. They have not filled their minds and hearts with truth. Yeah. And, you know, I think something here in this, on this topic of um, distraction and, and how distractions affect us is that often... We aren't thinking, and distractions come into our life. Mm-hmm. And we are either so busy or we're just so um, prone to follow the crowd, to go with the flow, to listen to our heart in the moment, that we aren't thinking critically. Mm-hmm. And so these distractions come in, and they begin to take over. And it's almost as if sometimes we're like, what, what happened? How did this happen? Yeah. And so I think today, as we talk through this topic, one thing that's really clear to me is that we have to be so intentional Yeah. as the people of God. We have to consider, and that's why, you know, I love the scripture in Romans about taking every thought captive. Right. That feels kind of ridiculous sometimes to think, mm-hmm. well, I have a thousand thoughts at once, especially if you're female. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> but truly, that is a picture of intentionally capturing a thought and weighing it right against truth and if it's not doesn't line up with the word we got to let that we got to get rid of it and replace it with what is true the replacing part is what we sometimes fail to do exactly right we could abstain from the bad but fail to fill our minds with the truth exactly and we have to be intentional it requires work Mm -hmm. it requires effort as a parent it requires I have to have some margin in my life mm-hmm. in order to sit down and plan, like literally plan, how are we going to impart the truth into our um, children, into our family culture, into our daily life? Yeah. Because if we don't sit down and make a plan, there's not it's not going to happen. Yeah, there, right. There's no time for it because yeah. we'll just fill our time with all kinds of other things. Yeah. As I heard um, one guy say, those who fail to plan, plan to fail. Yes. Hundred percent, and I think as a parent, I feel that that tension and that struggle every day. It's like the days just fly by, and some days you think to yourself, "What in the world did I get done? I did a lot, yeah, but did I really get anything done that was worthwhile?" Right. Um, so I think, you know, as we consider all that we're going to unpack here, right? Intentionality is a huge piece. So intentionality is huge. You have got to reconcile that. Right. I think in our minds that this isn't just going to happen. It's not just going to happen. And I think, too, as we think about the enemy wanting to keep things out of our minds, it's the reason why Scripture says, like in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brethren, whatever is true, mm-hmm. honorable, what is right, what is pure, lovely, whatever is of good repute, if there's anything that's excellent, anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. So it's saying, think about these things. What is true, lovely, good? What are all these characteristics? Who do they point to? Well, they point to Jesus. Yeah. So we're to look to Christ. I mean, Scripture says that in Hebrews 12, right? Um, look to him who's the author and perfecter of our faith. Isaiah 45 says, turn to me. Look to me, all ends of the earth, and be saved. So there's a looking to Jesus and thinking about how lovely, awesome, admirable, true 
he is and beautiful. And so when we fill our minds with Christ, then there is, uh, there, there, there's truth that starts to guide our lives yeah. because we're captivated, we're, we're giving ourselves, we're availing ourselves to the Lord by thinking and looking um, to him. But it's, it's for sure a, a, a battle yeah. because of all those distractions as you, as you listed. Yeah. So um, today we want to speak as we talk about this, we want to think biblically. Mm-hmm. We also want to speak practically. Yes. Because um, I think it's easy as Christians sometimes to just rattle off kind of Christianese on these topics, but never really think, well, what does that mean for me? Like, how do I practically put that into practice? Yeah. And so, um, you know, as we are in, this is uh, early November, we're recording this podcast, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of turmoil. <laughs> In our world, it's the year 2020. Um, there's a pandemic still happening. Politically, things are a mess. Yeah. Um, racially, we have a lot of division. Yeah. Um, and our calendars are, interestingly, because of the pandemic, sometimes full and sometimes in quarantine and sometimes feeling a little more normal, like yeah. sort of changing nonstop. Um, but we are on the cusp of the holidays, mm-hmm. and they might mm-hmm. look a little different this year, but they are going to happen. And I think for the family and for marriages, this time of year can be incredibly stressful. Mm. It can also be ridiculously busy. Yes. It can be filled and consumed by things that um, stretch us, yeah. uh, fill our time. Right. And some of it's worthwhile, and some of it's an empty pursuit. Right. A lot of things can be very good. Yes. You know, family traditions, putting lights on the house, a Christmas tree, buying presents for the kids. Those are good things. Yeah. Going to see grandma and grandpa, all that kind of all stuff. All good stuff. Yep. And I think that's where we have to understand that sometimes the good things yes. can become God things and therefore be bad things. Little idols. They distract us yep. from the Lord. Yep. So we want to talk a little bit about um, what do we do? How do we examine our lives? Mm-hmm. Um, how do we consider and plan and not let the distractions take over? Yes. Um, I thought there was a good quote here from um, Kevin DeYoung, who wrote the book Crazy Busy. Mm-hmm. And one thing he he talks about in his book is just how increasingly complex our world is and how we are bombarded with good opportunities all the time. But he says the danger is that our busyness will rob our joy, rob our hearts, and cover up the rot in our soul. Mm. If there's no time to reflect, there's no time to see beyond the surface Mm. of things. Mm. And so that's what we want to, I think we want to just talk a little bit about reflecting. Yeah. Taking the time as a husband and a wife, as a parent, um, maybe a member of the family, to reflect on what you're doing, um, what's before you, and how do you um, move forward in wisdom. Yeah. So do you want to, should we talk practically here? Let's talk practically. I love it. And I think as you were mentioning that, one thing I'll throw in before you dive into some of this scripture that talks about wisdom is, you know, we... Think about the enemy, and there it says he comes to kill, steal, and destroy in John. We talk a lot of times about Satan wanting to kill and destroy. I don't know if we ever really talk around this idea that he also comes to steal. Mm. Through distractions, he steals our devotion from the Lord, where our heart is meant to be, to find our joy and satisfaction and fulfillment from him. And that gets stolen through the vehicle of distractions, and therefore we never have a chance to reflect and really get down beneath the surface to heart level and really kind of lay ourselves before the Lord and say, God, how are you wanting to speak to me to me today through your word? That we need that wisdom on a daily basis. Absolutely. So we want to look at um, Ephesians today. Ephesians 5, and um, this is Paul who is writing a letter to the church in Ephesus, but it's also um, 
to all churches, to mm-hmm. future believers, that would include us. And he has really laid this groundwork of who they are in Christ, all that the gospel means, um, just positionally who we are in response to the gospel. But then he pivots kind of in the latter half of this book, and he starts really talking practically about gospel living and Mm -hmm. what that's supposed to look like. Mm -hmm. And so in chapter 5, I want to read a few of these verses. This is what he's writing to the church. He says uh, in verse 8, For at one time you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light, for the fruit of light is found in all that is good and right and true, and try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Then in verse 15, he says, Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, mm-hmm. making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Mm. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And then he kind of talks about what is the will yeah. to be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Mm. Okay, so he gives like this whole litany of things um, that we should be doing as children of light. And um, I thought it would be worth our time to maybe look at a few of these because I think as we deal with um, distractions and as we take captive decisions, right? Mm-hmm. Thoughts, and we want to make wise, right decisions. Sometimes we just don't know like where to start. right? Um, and, and we're talking really specifically, I think, about some of the things that sneak into our family culture um, that fill our time that may not really be specifically addressed in scripture. And yeah. so we find ourselves going like, well, I don't know, is this good? Is this bad? Should we do this? Should we not do this? And this gives us a little bit of framework, I think, Um, for how to deal with that. Mm -hmm. And so one of the first things that he says is that we should try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Yes. And again, I think that right there is the language of intentionality, Mm -hmm. right? And and what it's really saying is that we have got to think through our lives and all the little decisions of our lives with a gospel lens, Mm -hmm. which is hard. Yep. Um. For one thing, it's totally countercultural. Yes. <laughs> the the world is always moving in the opposite direction right. of God. And so what am I what do I mean by a gospel lens? I think there's a Christianese phrase right there <laughs> that we yeah. should break down, right? Well, I think it is to um, to see things with a viewpoint of God. Yes. And then make a decision from there. Mm-hmm. Right? So for example, um, I would say this is to not let yourself just go with the flow, to not just slip into, well, what is everybody else doing? Because I think we'll just do that because it seems like everyone else is that's working for them. So let's just do that. Yeah. Um, I think that's one area, one temptation. Another is this very um, anti-biblical way of thinking that permeates pretty much every movie and TV show and book out there, which is. Just follow your heart. Mm-hmm. Just go with how you feel. The Disney motto. The Disney motto. Absolutely. And I think Paul here is saying, no, stop and think. Mm-hmm. Try to discern. Think biblically. Yes. Think biblically. Um, so I think that's one area. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, I love that. The other that he mentions is um, in verse 15 where he says, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise. Now, again, this is to really put wisdom into practical terms. This is Mm -hmm. learning to think correctly about things that maybe are not spelled out in scripture. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that might be like a job, for example. Right. Do I take this job Um, where you spend your money, how you fill your time, habits, hobbies? Those aren't necessarily, none of those things are bad things. But we need the wisdom of God to help us know, are they the right things mm-hmm. for right now? And so we want to make um, decisions in those areas that fit well with an understanding of what God is doing in the world. Yeah. Right? And yeah. so, I don't know, do you, can you think of like a practical example or something? Um, I, I was even thinking in our own family. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
can just vulnerably lay our parenting on the table here. <laughs> go ahead. Let's do it. Let's go there. I think, you know, you and I have been having discussions already about we have a sixth grader, fourth grader, first grader, and a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And I am amazed at the the sixth grader and the fourth grader. We are already getting the, um, I would say, pressure, opportunity to fill their calendars, mm-hmm. which then in turn fill our calendars um, with club sports, yeah. right? <clears throat> and so um, you and I have had to flesh this out a little bit and maybe just maybe we can share a little bit of that conversation. Right, right. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, uh, the enemy of the best can be the good. Yeah. And there's a lot of good that we can have our kids doing. And I think getting them involved with sports and learning a, a team sport is is healthy uh, yep. socially, uh, mentally, physically. Um, but it's like that spiritual side that oftentimes gets left out. Yeah, it gets put on the back burner in light of all the other things that we have going on. Um, we have a lot of plates spinning. And the one plate that oftentimes we let drop can be that spiritual yes. aspect of yes. discipling and teaching and raising them. Um, and the scriptures. And, uh, and so I think that, that that's constant. And I think every family out there that's listening to us understands that struggle. Yes. It might not be club sports for you, <laughs> but fill in be. the blank. Yeah. <laughs> fill in the blank. And I mean, very practically, like you're a pastor, mm-hmm. right? Our, our life is tied to church and, and trying to, to um, please the Lord. And yet we're human. Yeah. And so even we found ourselves in that conversation kind of going, oh, what do we do here? Yeah. Right? Like yep. our kids really want to do this. Yeah. And their friends are doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had a lot to weigh. And um, so I think one thing that is helpful is uh, I think a question that wisdom asks is 10 years from now, mm-hmm. <laughs> 15 years from now, 50 years from now, yeah. will we, if we make a decision to do X, Will we look back on that decision and feel really good about how we spent our time? Right. Like it was really worthwhile. Yep. And so, um, again, I think sometimes the answer is yes. This mm-hmm. is a good decision, and I think we will feel good about it. Yep. Sometimes that kind of question makes you go, yikes, I'm not sure that that would be the best use of time, resources, all of that. Yeah, yeah. So the Armstrongs have been, this is a real life <laughs> scenario for yeah. us. We're just keeping it real, keeping it real with y'all. And I think, you know, um, there was a book written by Andy Stanley uh, a few years back. It was called The uh, Principle of the Path. Yeah. And in it, he talks about like good intentions will not get you to the ultimate destination you want to go. Yes. But it's the direction you take right now will end up being the very destination that you desire. And so um, what direction are we sending our kids out on um, right now is so critical to where they're going to end up. And there's a lot that can derail that destination. <laughs> and so it's like eliminating, eliminating those things that can derail, um, distract yep. from where we, want them, where we want them to end up. Yep. And I think you're just right in line with where Paul goes in this next verse. After he says in, in verse 15, again, we're in chapter 5 of Ephesians, look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. In verse 16, he says, making the best use of the time mm-hmm. because the days are evil. Therefore, don't be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Really, he's talking about redeeming the time That's right? because we live in evil days. Even then, the Ephesians lived in evil days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We do too. And I think what you just said here is so spot on. We cannot coast our way into a close relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. It has to be intentional. If we're going to grow, that's going to be the fruit of intentional choices to do that, right? The flow of our like flesh uh in the world is going to be um, counterintuitive to to, to where we want to end up as followers of Christ, where we want to see our kids end up as followers of Christ. And so I think it's so interesting as we're reading these passages of Scripture that they're couched within, you know, almost kind of like this military language. Mm -hmm. You've got to fight the good fight. You've got to put on the armor of God. You've got to walk Mm -hmm. in in a certain way um, because there's these forces coming against you. Yes. Yes. And so, you know, we have to, I think... We can think about this as we parent children, but we also need to think about this as 
adults mm-hmm. in our marriages, a husband mm-hmm. and a wife, um, believers, what are we doing with our time? Yeah. How are we spending our time? Yeah. I mean, Netflix beckons, <laughs> right? <laughs> it's the hunting opening this weekend. And again, I'm not saying these things are wrong, but we have to really evaluate yeah. how much time we give to it. Yeah. Um, ask questions like, is this helpful in my pursuit of becoming closer to the Lord, yeah. growing in the Lord? Does this aid in it? Um, the relationships that we have, friendships. That's right. Uh, do they help us grow spiritually? Mm-hmm. That's super important to model, I think, for our children. If we want to expect that of them to make wise choices with friends, but then mom and dad have some off-the-wall friends, yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I, I think we got to be careful there. But also um, the mission of our of the church, the big C church, mm-hmm. the bride of Christ, mm-hmm. is a rescue mission. Yeah, It is to share the gospel, it is to make disciples. And so... I think something to consider with all these little things that come in and fill our calendars mm-hmm. um, and maybe big things like careers even is, are we leveraging our time in ways that are wise toward the spreading of the gospel? Yeah. So, you know, it, like I'll use that club sports example. That may be very wise for you, for mm-hmm. your family. That may be a great opportunity mm-hmm. to walk closely with people who don't know the Lord yet. So sure. that might be a right decision. Conversely, it may be a crowd for your child that's not healthy. Mm-hmm. It may be feeding a side of them that puts their identity in their performance, mm-hmm. um, in in keeping up with their peers, and you know. So you have to know. This is why it says try to discern. Yeah, <laughs> we individually as people, as a couple, as parents have to be seeking the Lord. Yeah. For our family, for right. our marriage, for our walk with the Lord. So we can't just paint a broad brush and say, like, all oh, club sports, bad. Yeah. You know, that is an individual pursuit right. with the Lord, and he will help us make those decisions. Mm-hmm. But you're so right. It's not just going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's why, as parents, we got to cry out for wisdom in light of the decisions that we're making in our home and for our kids, because uh, each kid's different. It's not just a cookie cutter approach that we can take and go, well, this applies to all four of our kids. No, that's just not true. Each of them are different stages, different part of the development, different place spiritually. And so we need to really cry out to God for for wisdom and discernment in that. I think the more that we saturate our lives with the truth, the more that we'll kind of discern and have that spiritual discernment of good and evil, as it says in Hebrews 5. Um, The mature feed themselves upon the meat of God's word. Yes. And as a result, we're able to see things that we couldn't see before as God gives us insight into not only where we're at with the Lord, but also maybe help give us wisdom into where our kids are at and the decisions that we need to make to help foster that spiritual side to give them truth so that they start heading out in a direction that takes them on a place and a journey where they're becoming followers of Jesus Christ. Absolutely. And this is what I love. Paul addresses that very thing. What are we feasting on mm-hmm. at the end of this chapter? And he says, um, be filled with the Spirit, addressing one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ and submitting to one another. Mm-hmm. Okay, there are three like really good things right there. Yeah, The first one is that addressing one another in psalms, hymn, hymns, and spiritual songs. What a weird phrasing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it makes you feel like, okay, great. I have to be like a Disney character right. and like we're going to see each other at church and burst into song. Sing to my kids? Yeah. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> That's not going to be great. However, what he's really sort of saying is that um, – Scripture, mm-hmm. truth, should be the soundtrack, mm-hmm. like the background music mm-hmm. of our heart. Yeah, and the way that we make it the soundtrack is that we fill ourselves with it. Yes, right. We read it, we memorize it, we listen to it. I, I loved. Um, this is so true. This pastor said, "Songs are the sermons we remember." Remember, we often don't remember like what somebody just taught on. Mm-hmm. But you start singing a song, and if we've heard it more than twice, mm-hmm. we can often just immediately spit the lyrics out, right? Yes. And so and we see that with our kids. We can start 
we can start a hymn or a song that they know and they can finish they can finish the totally. line and finish the lyric. Even Weston it too is starting to be able to do that. Yes, he can. So I think, you know, one thing that's so beautiful, and of course the Lord did it this way because he is you know, his plans are way greater than ours, but he he has told us to be in community with one another mm-hmm. and to be um part of his church, right? To find our place, be part of the building up of his church. And so when we are with one another Mm. and we get close enough to each other's lives, we can hear the soundtrack of each other's hearts. And that soundtrack, if it's being filled with things that are good, like scripture, um, then we can stir one another toward good works, Mm -hmm. right? We Mm -hmm. can build our faith together. Yeah. Um, when one of us is having like a crisis and our hearts are wanting to fear, yeah. someone can come alongside and speak the words of peace yes. to us yep. from Scripture. Yep. So that's so beautiful. And I think for our kids, if we aren't intentional to help them mm-hmm. make Scripture the soundtrack of their heart, yeah. oh, it'll they'll have a soundtrack. They'll have a soundtrack. It'll be the enemy soundtrack. Absolutely. Though. It'll be the world. It'll be every artist, every movie, every pop culture piece their hearts will be filled. Yeah, It's just, what's it going to be filled it's with? Be filled with. So I think this is such a beautiful thing. And then of course, giving thanks. Yes. Having a heart of gratitude. Yeah. It's, it's um, a lot easier to counter our selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when we are thankful. Mm-hmm. And then that last piece um, about submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, considering others mm-hmm. more than ourselves, yep. taking ourselves off the throne of our hearts. Mm-hmm. And looking and deferring to one, another to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. yeah. All such great practical truth that uh, is so relevant and so good for our lives today. And uh, as I think about families, we're approaching that season again of Thanksgiving and Christmas, mm-hmm. and you'll have some decisions to make. Yeah. What is that time with your family going to look like? And there's a lot of good things that we can be about doing. Yeah. Um, but don't let those good things distract from the best thing. And the best thing you can be doing with your family is uh, talking to them about the truth. Absolutely. I'll give you a really fast example this morning that I even caught my own self. Mm. <laughs> as, as I knew we were going to be talking about this, and I was laying in bed looking at an email, and like this is the time when everyone's bombarding you with, hey, do our Advent, do our read our book, you yeah. know, do our study. And I'm like a sucker for that stuff. Yeah. Like, give me all the Advents. Yeah. Um, and there's one, and of course it was beautiful. And so I thought, Oh, I think I should order that. And then I felt the Lord check me and say, wait a minute, this is your problem every year mm-hmm. <laughs> at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Do not fill your time, even yeah. though that is a wonderful thing. But guess what? You've also committed to walking through Advent season with your kids yeah. and with Trav as a family. And I, and we've got a plan mm-hmm. and the book gets delivered today. <laughs> like we, we know <laughs> what we're doing. Yeah. And so I felt the Lord helping me stop myself from something that was good, another Bible study, yeah. to say, how about you just take what you've already committed to and you be all in with that. Yeah. And that will be your Advent Bible yes. study with totally. your children, with your husband. But how about you give it your best effort this year as opposed to it's one of six things you're trying to do at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would so agree. And families, let me, as we wrap this podcast up, um, have a plan in place mm-hmm. um, because for sure the enemy has a plan. Yes, even um, for these next couple weeks. These, these next couple weeks. Yeah. Have a plan in place that you are going to set aside time and protect that time um, for your family to be in uh, some type of family devotion, uh, be listening to worship, doing something where the background music of your home is is truth that's filling yeah. the minds of your kids because we never want to forget that um, there is a battle being waged, and it is for the heart, souls, and minds of, of, of our kids. Yeah. And uh, there's no, there's no there's no redos. That's right. Right. There's no mulligans that we can take uh, on life. And so um, I think that's why Scripture takes this obviously so seriously, and that the most precious commodity we have here on earth is the truth of God and His Word. I love this quote as we wrap up from Winston Churchill. It says, In wartime, truth is so precious that she should always be attended by a bodyguard of lies. Hmm. The truth is so precious, so valuable, mm-hmm. it's oftentimes surrounded by lies. And so 
Scripture would say we got to fight the good fight of the faith, and we got to fight for the truth. And God has given us His truth, but we have to protect time in our lives to make sure that we're in the truth, yeah. because the enemy wants to surround it with lies, yeah. um, and he wants to keep us from the truth. He wants to get us busy and distracted so we're not thinking about the truth. I still remember the, uh, this young kid back in North Carolina when I was a youth pastor. He was talking about her dad and, and discovering that her dad wasn't reading the Bible anymore, and so she just flat out asked her dad, so Dad, why is your Bible like collecting dust on your nightstand? And he says, well, honey, I'm so busy right now. I just don't have time to read it. Plus, I've already read it before, and so I already know what it says can see the bodyguard of lies surrounding the truth. And so families, we just want to encourage you. We hope you feel encouraged that um, the truth, as Jesus would say, you'll come to know the truth and the truth will set you free. Yes. And one way I think, you know, we want to encourage you is that if this is overwhelming to you, Mm -hmm. and it might be, and and we're sorry if we overwhelmed you, um, one thing is that you still have today. That's right. And so I think something in my in my mothering, um, in our marriage that's been freeing for me is sometimes I, I, I'm super overwhelmed and there's a lot I need to undo in order to change course. Mm-hmm. But it all starts with one decision. Yep. One next right decision. Yep. So even today as you listen, Maybe you're not ready or you don't know yet. You got you to spend some time thinking like what that would even look like to make a plan for the holidays or to really be intentional about yes. and, you know, speaking truth in your home and creating this culture. And I understand if that's so overwhelming. So instead maybe of taking that on in this moment, what is one thing today that you could do in your marriage mm-hmm. that would speak life and that would, would center on truth? Yeah. What's one thing you could do? Maybe it's sending a text mm-hmm. to your husband. Yep. You know, or maybe it is um, tonight before bed praying together. Yeah. Reading something together. Just pick one thing today. Yep. And with your kids, same. Yeah. Maybe it's capturing a moment at dinner tonight. Maybe it's um, bedtime with each one of them. Just a quick speaking something over them, God's word over them. Um, asking them how you can pray for them. I don't know what it is, yeah. but... Don't let yourself, don't let the, the father of lies, mm-hmm. who in this moment is probably saying, you're such a failure, mm-hmm. you can't do this, your kids will hate this, mm-hmm. um, this is beyond you, you won't say the right thing. Yeah. We got to let all that stuff go. We got to recognize it for what it is, which yeah. is a lie. Yeah. Because guess what? If you're in Christ, Christ is in you. Right. And he will enable you to do what he's called you to do. Yeah. He will help you figure this out. Um, but start with today. Start with the day, even if it's baby steps. Absolutely. Baby steps in the right direction. Again, direction, not intentionality. That's right. Get you the destination. That's right. You want to go. Let's pray. Oh, so good. God, thank you that you are a God of truth. And it's your truth that sets us free. Um, The enemy wants to distract us from thinking about you. Uh, Keep us from, from your word. Keep us from um, making you the supreme priority in our lives by throwing in our direction so many other distracting things. But as a family, um, with so many uh, people represented out there here at Grace, um, that we would consciously make a decision today to be intentional about providing that space in our homes where Christ can take over the minds of not only marriages, but our children. And so I think about, uh, Lord, when you entered into our world that Christmas morning, uh, Mary and Joseph were struggling to find a place that there was no room at the inn. Oh, God, I pray for families today. They would make room for you in their hearts and their minds this season, that we are to be thankful because the King of kings and Lord of lords entered into our atmosphere and came for us and died first at the cross, three days later rose from the grave to give us life. May we consider him this season in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us today. We hope that this was a blessing to you. And as we mentioned, we're going to... 
talk in the next couple of weeks um, on the same kind of series. We're going to talk about division and deception and how that affects the family. But we also want to ask one thing of you today, one favor, and that is, would you help us grow our podcast by um, sharing it today with a friend? And uh, we just want to say right up front, like, there's no money to be made. <laughs> We're not sponsored or anything. <laughs> no. This is this is not that. Uh, we just feel so strongly um, about the family. And obviously, this is Trav's job here at church to um, strengthen, to do all that we can, right, to support and strengthen marriages and yes. families. And yes. so we want, we want to encourage families. And I know there's a million things out there. Um, to be a part of. And so a lot of people have no idea we have a podcast. And so if you if you found this helpful, would you just help us by spreading the word? Mm. And Rochelle will tell you a little bit more about how you can do that, but um, we would really oh, appreciate it. We would so it. appreciate it. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope this is just a blessed season in your life and in your family. Absolutely. We'll talk to you next time. Sounds good. And we have wrapped up another episode of The Family Huddle. Thank you once again for joining us as the episode really dug into today. We know there are so many things that can take your time. Good things, great things, not so good things. Um, So we do not take it lightly when you give us a chunk out of your day, your week. It really means a lot to us and we hope that it means something to you that you get something out of the time you spend with us. I was incredibly encouraged as I think through this whole idea of um, the ways the enemy attacks the family. I think often we look for really obvious, blatant, in-your-face ways that someone would come after us, the enemy would come after us, but trying to think through those smaller things, those little things, even the good things that are maybe starting to get us to veer off course or to actively take a look at what's going on in the lives and hearts of our children And again, maybe what was good six months ago or a year ago is not the best thing for them in this current season. And what an amazing thing that God puts parents and godly parents in the lives of children to help set up some of those boundaries and to continue to redirect them back to the truth of the gospel, to the truth of the word, and to things that will ultimately matter long beyond today, this season, um, and well into eternity. So we will be spending the next couple weeks also digging into division and deception like Stephanie and Travis talked about. And we really do hope you'll join us. And as Steph mentioned too, please take the time to share, um, whether it's the full episode on the platform you listen to it on, whether it's a quote, a blurb, um, tag us in something, and uh, leave us a review where you can, Apple Podcasts. It's the best way for other people to be able to find us when there's reviews on it. And as they mentioned too, we don't make money. Um, We're really hoping that we can invest in and bless your families through our podcast. So if you get anything out of this, if it's valuable and meaningful to you, please, please share it um, and join us again next week.